Hey, Amanda. Hey, Tommy. Do you remember this guy who took his shirt off and swung from tree to tree in a movie? I should be clear. This is from a movie. Yeah, I do. That's uh, that was the birth of my spank bank. Yes, and he's having a renaissance or a renaissance. It's a renaissance. Uh, we're going to talk about him today on Can We Talk About? I was never that far away. <laughs> I guess that's what I'll say. You can't get rid of me that easy. <laughs> um, I'm glad to be here. I wouldn't have it any other way, and uh, I'm I'm grateful to be doing the job that I love. Can we talk about Brendan Fraser? Oh, yeah, I love Brendan Fraser. Who does not love Brendan Fraser? I wouldn't trust a soul that doesn't. <laughs> um, are you down on the, what are they calling it? The Brendan? The Renaissance. The Renaissance. Well, I think I asked you this when we were going to talk about Brendan Fraser in general, um, but... A couple of years ago, there was this really amazing, I think it was GQ article about Brendan Fraser. It was. Yeah, you sent it to me. I hadn't you, read it until you sent it to me. So what was your, what was your, so for context, this was, what year was that? It was 2018. So that's, we're like four years removed from that article. But yeah, so in the article, and I'll tee it up because you, you read it more recently, right? Yes. But it essentially comes back to like, he was ousted from Hollywood after being sexually assaulted and then calling the guy out for it or was it, but it wasn't public. Was it publicly from when I first started researching this, when we decided we were going to do this episode, yeah. Um, he, I think he does publicly call him out for the sexual assault, but many years after it happened. Okay. But it wasn't just the sexual assault, right? Cause he also, was like beating up his body, doing his own stunts and things. And then he was like a physically broken, like knees, yeah. and back and everything else. Right. Yeah. And so he back to the sexual assault said he was sexually assaulted at this lunch in 2003. And then in 2018 is when he came out and said that it happened. And it was Philip Burke, who at the time was the president of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. So I'm sure you can imagine what happens when you speak out against him. Does not go well for you. And I highly doubt anyone's going to support you because the support of him would then subsequently affect them. And I believe in all of that happened. He got divorced. His mother died. His body was broken. He's got an autistic son. It just was really not a good time for our poor baby Brendan Fraser. And everyone who doesn't love Brendan, that was the thing too. It's like he was one dude who, like, there was nothing bad about him. There was nothing that ever came out like, oh no, about Brendan Fraser. No, he just everyone says the nicest things about him. And his career in general just sort of like fizzled. Like it just was like he was this big leading dude for a ton of roles, right? In like the late nineties, early two thousands, and then all of a sudden, like, snap, just disappeared. Right? He did all like those mummy movies and. And that was like Encino his, Man. Was yeah, just I mean, well, my yeah, favorite. Well, we got to go back. We got to go back to like over like the entire entirety career of uh, Brendan Fraser in general. But because um, he, had, there's a lot of gems in there, even beyond some of the stuff that I think he's more well known for. Um, but I was trying to figure out like the last movie he did prior to The Whale, which is the new one that's coming out, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but. Um, and apparently he was also supposed to be in Batgirl, which I know, I think he was he, playing a villain? Yeah, Firefly. Yeah, he was supposed to be Firefly in Batgirl. Yeah. Um, 
But I'll give and him he's credit. Be in Killers of the Flower Moon with Martin Scorsese. That's going to be incredible. Well, that well, that's all part of like the little Renaissance, right? That, yeah, the, the, the Renaissance. Renaissance. But, pri- but prior, like t- 2018, like what was he doing? Was he in anything or like? I don't know, but I do know that. Um, not to skip ahead because we're going to talk yeah. about the whale soon. But Darren Aronofsky says that um, he saw Brendan in an, a trailer for a, I believe it was a Brazilian movie. Hmm. That's how he, like Brendan Fraser came into his head. So he was doing movies. I just don't think that they were mainstream yeah. Hollywood movies. Like, this was like a very small independent Brazilian movie. <laughs> and he saw the trailer and was like, oh, he's incredible. Yeah. And that's, first of all, insane that to think of Brendan Fraser doing small independent Brazilian films. Yeah. Well, I'm looking here and he was like, he had a role. In, well, he had a role in some random The Poison Rose, which is some... Maybe that maybe that was the movie you're talking about. Probably um, from 2019. It's uh, it's got John Travolta and Morgan Freeman in it too. Just a bunch of, like it, it. I don't know. It seems like Robert Patrick's in it also. It's very much like um, it, it, it. From looking at it, it seems like one of those like red box movies that you see where it's like, oh, that's it. Just has like some old actors that you know Grandpa will recognize and be like, oh, grab yeah. this movie <laughs> doesn't know any better. Um, but do you have, do you, in general, do you have a favorite Brendan Fraser movie? I have a hands down f- ha- favorite Brendan Fraser movie, but I'm curious. Oh, it's Encino Man for me. Encino Man, hands down. It's hands down. But I will say in my, when I told my sisters I was doing this, they're like, oh, you have to say how you like felt like I physically fell in love with him in George of the Jungle. I was like, oh my God, that was, that, that was incredible. That was what made it twitch for you. Is that, yeah, that was, that was it. <laughs> That was the quiver. But I will say that if I were to do in the order, I'm mm. a big mummy fan, like yeah. huge mummy nerd. But I loved him in Airheads. Like, I oh, that, was, that yeah. was. Yeah. I mean, it's Steve Buscemi and Adam Sandler. How are you not going to love that, well, that movie? Was, but I was going to say that's the movie I go to all the time because it feels like um, it, it's sort of out of nowhere. It's it is hands down my favorite Brendan Fraser movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I come from radio also. Maybe that's partially why I'm partial to mm, it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a really funny movie. Like it's 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 fires on all cylinders and it's got a lot of great actors in it. Um and and yeah, for some reason I feel like it just kind of flies under the radar. I don't understand why, but it, it tends it to. holds up too. The comedy yeah. holds up. I still laughed just as hard. I just watched it preparing for this. I watched rewatched that and I was like, yeah. oh my God, this movie's so good. It's so good. And that's the thing about Brendan Fraser that like all the roles, right? You compare like that to like school ties, blast from the past, all everything. Like one of the, one of the most panned movies he, he was in was this movie called monkey bone, which I kind of want to watch because I'm like, I know I remember I what it was. It. I remember when it came out, I watched yeah. it and it's got a lot of like, respectable comedy actors in it which is ironic too but for some reason like he can do wacky zany because i mean he did that around the same time he did the looney tunes uh back in action movie but he could do that he can do like romantic comedy he can do the vol yeah the, the volcano he can do um uh um the mummy he, he did gods and monsters with ian mckellen yeah. for crazy <laughs> like he yeah, can do it all 
he's a versatile actor. I do, by the way, I have to say, I do love the fact that you tend to latch on to the two characters of his that are just like could barely speak English and operate. Just There's something I just want to stare. I, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like I'm going into your psyche a little bit about what your, your, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, I mean, he he's just a versatile dude, and I think, like, he wasn't necessarily written off. I don't think anyone ever gave him a second guess for a long time, if that makes That's any fair. sense. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I watch, I remember watching Bedazzled, and I think yeah. that was around the monkey bone time, and I also feel like that was a time when um, comedy movies were getting to the point where there were a lot of really cheesy comedy movies being made at the exact same time. And there was a bunch of them and some of them just, you know, when it's all the same similar type of comedy, they're, they get lost, lost in the fight for people to watch them, I guess. Yeah. But I remember watching, I loved Bedazzled. Yeah. It was one of those movies that would come on on the weekends and my sister and I would be like, ooh, let's watch Bedazzled. Yeah. I mean, as a guy. It was called Bedazzled. Yeah. Elizabeth I mean, it's Hurley. Elizabeth Hurley. I mean, so. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't. She questioned, would, she made me question it. It was like, do I, <laughs> which one do I like more? Um, I was actually, I was actually watching, uh, something recently. It might've been a TikTok where someone was talking about a scene in that movie where she, like where she's playing a school teacher and there's like a math problem on the board and, uh, and it actually dates back to like being some kind of crazy like math problem that no one can solve. And it was like, call like the devil's math problem or something. It is is very inside. And do you know who directed bedazzled? Cause I was kind of no. blown away by that too. Harold Ramis directed that fine piece of cinematic adventure. Yes. That, you know, but perfect Would for not my adolescent that no, not at all. And like out of all the movies, Harold Ramis has done too. I'm just like, that does not pop out at me as, as something he would have done. But no, sir. Oh, okay. And I think it was one of his, was it one of his last movies? It might've been one of his last movies too. So. I don't know. Um, anyway, but at least uh, that when, he directed. When I was researching, you know, more about actual, the person, Brendan Fraser, not just the shirtless yeah. version that I think about all the time. <laughs> yes. It was made so much sense to me. His parents are Canadian. So okay. automatically the nicest people in the world. And then right. he grew up in the Midwest in that just it all checks out. Yeah. Sweet, nice, humble man who just did not get a fair shake. No. I well, I mean the thing is he had his he had his moment and that was the thing too is I think For sure. We were all robbed of of Brendan Fraser in his prime. But uh but yeah, I I want to say it wasn't even necessarily that he we, we I don't I don't know. I we should we should also we should just in general talk about his filmography because I think going through it and like touching on like the the uh, highlights of his career is definitely valuable. And then wasn't he also before we do that too? Wasn't he also in a movie? He was in a TV show, like an underrated TV show. Oh, I don't know. I remember seeing Brendan Fraser's face on some TV show. Um, at some point, like it was like one of those, like, I don't know, like direct TV had their own channel and it was, uh, I'm trying to look, I'm trying to find it myself right now. Uh, I think it was, was it trust? I don't might've been that. Yes. Trust. I see it right here. Yeah. Cause he was like in that briefly. And that was when you saw like, Oh, he gained, he gained a little weight. You know, he looked, he didn't look like Brendan Fraser a little bit. 
But um, he was in that series for like an entire season. Never watched the show, but I mean, I know it existed. Um, but I also um, forget that he was in Crash, which is like yeah, one of I the s- greatest movies of all time. I didn't, I don't even remember him being in that movie. No, I which don't. Which now makes me sad. What was what was his role in that movie? Rick. It just says Rick. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. I mean, it's not he the one that obviously Rick. stands out because that's that's like a big ensemble movie and everything. But like, I don't know what. What are your standouts? How about that? Maybe that's a good one because there's also an early '90s one that I used to watch all the time on like Comedy Central that I love that I'll mention in a second. But son-in-law. Did you know he was in Son-in-Law? His Encino no. main character. Yeah, I, d- I, I, that is one of my, I would say, favorite Pauly Shore movies. I love that movie. And it says Son-in-Law? that he plays, yeah, he plays the same character he played in Encino Man. So it he must just, like, be just like a mention. Up. Yeah, it must be. Okay, so That's what is yours? The Paula Shore verse. I don't know how to call the that. The Shore I mean, if we're, oh, just to touch on that briefly, because it's a very small list anyway, I would say in order... Uh, in the army now. Well, no, Encino Man in the army now, and then Son-in-Law in that order. Okay, top to bottom. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Um, I'll take it. There is this very random, and I feel like maybe you'd like it too because he's kind of airheady and quiet, and and definitely in the um, Encino Man slash George of the Jungle kind of personality. There's this 1994 movie called The Scout, where he plays um, this baseball player. Um, who's brought to the New York Yankees by a scout, which is played by Albert Brooks. And um, he's a baseball player, but he he's troubled. He's got some some stuff going on upstairs that he's got to deal with. And um, I feel like I've seen this movie. I just clicked on it as you were talking about it. And I really yeah. feel like I've seen this movie. I I mean, it was it was like on repeat on Comedy Central in the nineties at some point. Um, it's a what it's a, a good name, movie. Steve Nebraska. Yeah. What a name. He could do porn with that name. Exactly. I mean, maybe maybe that's how the movie started being written and they just rewrote it, you know. Um, Fair enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> You're definitely touching on your love of uh of It was the nineties. I was you know yeah. it was fresh for me then. He's also in um he has like a really small part. I, I can be misremembering this, so tell me yeah. if I am. Uh in my favorite movie now and then, isn't he like Ooh, is I, he? I feel like he's like a the the he plays the veteran that the one girl talks to, and I loved now and then when I was like, let me hold, let me look at his IMDb. <laughs> I don't remember. Yes, that. he's in. He's in. Really? Yeah, he plays the Vietnam veteran. Damn. He. I mean, he. That's the thing. He was all over the place, and I don't know what well, what was his first like because I mean the scout was ninety four and he was in a leading role. I know he was in. Uh, with honors, Encino Man was ninety two. Okay, it's School Ties was ninety two. It's crazy. Dude. And then Airheads was ninety four. In the Army now was ninety four. It's the early nineties. Yeah, I was gonna say I didn't yeah. realize how early on the nineties he was doing this. But Blast from the Past was ninety nine. So yeah, I, I mean he came out swinging early nineties. Yeah. Ninety one is when his credits start. Wow, I didn't realize that. Me so either. he he started in 91. He did school ties in 92. He was already playing like, I don't know, second lead, whatever you want to call it, in Encino Man, right? And then by 94, he's in Airheads and Army now. Airheads. 
damn. He, I mean, he he took off real quick. I'll give him credit there. Um, I think the last Brendan Frasery movie in that kind of universe, and I actually I I never saw it, but uh, looking at the resume it was like Furry Vengeance, which was 2010. Oh, I did not see that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's like a you know, uh, it, it wasn't well reviewed, and um, a dude dealing with an actual bear. It's a kids movie, family okay. comedy. He was the voice, um, one of Turbo Thunder and Fairly Odd Parents. Yeah, he did a lot of voice work too. Yeah, which I didn't realize. I mean, his voice yeah, is yeah. unmistakable. He's got a very you know, you can't mistake Brendan Fraser's voice. But, but blast from the past too. You mentioned that. Um, Bedazzled and Sino Man. Um, those are the big ones. School Ties. I mean, it's funny. I mean, I like him more as a comedic actor in in general. Um, but he was also they 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 try to get him in a few romantic comedies. I mean, Blast from the Past is technically a romantic comedy, but also like Mrs. Winterborn. So I mean, he he was all over the place. He he, had a, he was in a lot of like school college roles. For some reason, always wear always in like movies that had him in like a uh ivy league school <laughs> yeah. at some point he had that all-american boy face too he did but he did especially for the 90s like the strong jawbone and the you know yeah but i will say that what brought me back to the world of brendan fraser because i am again a huge mummy fan when yeah. i go to universal which i know you haven't been but when i go to universal the mummy ride is my favorite ride yeah like it's still my favorite ride and I mean, obviously, the Harry Potter rides take precedent. I understand that. But it is still my go-to on the outside of the Harry Potter world. That is my go-to ride. And I did not... He he came back on my radar because, again, TikTok. And it was this video that went viral of this girl who is a cosplayer, who is a huge mommy fan. And all these people signed up for this virtual meet and greet during COVID, during lockdown. Yeah to meet him and he didn't think anybody would want to do it so he thought it was kind of like uh, i guess if you want yeah. to he thought it was gonna be him and this girl and there was so many people that wanted to get in on this thing and he's like emotional and crying and she's like just so you know we're all rooting for you we can't wait until you make something else yeah and he's just crying saying how grateful he is that people still remember him and it's just like remember yeah. you yeah are you kidding me? And that to me, I, he was so emotional. I was like, oh, my God, he's the sweetest man on earth. Yeah. And that's where I started to kind of dive into finding out like what happened. And and yeah. uh, I think in 2003, when the sexual assault did happen, I think that definitely started a trajectory of, of a I wouldn't want to say a downward spiral, but definitely I think he started to pull back from the entertainment industry and focus more on his family and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, and then you add on his mom dying and his, yeah. him and his wife getting divorced and fun fact, he met his wife Afton Smith um, at a barbecue at Winona Ryder's house when she was dating, <laughs> when she was dating uh, Johnny Depp. Wow. I was in this, I was going to say too, is like, um, it, <laughs> The Hollywood foreign press can make or break you. Uh, you know, to to that point, they made Johnny Depp and they broke Brendan Fraser. They sure so, did. Um, yeah, I, I you know, I mean, that's the thing too. Is I mean, I'm looking at his career overall, and and for and by the way, something very personal. But I got to point this out. I I never recognized this before. I I your fiance looks like Brendan Fraser, or vice versa. 
Well, that makes sense. Yeah. That adds up. <laughs> like That I'm, adds up. I'm looking at the poster for like extraordinary measures where he's like looking over his shoulder and I'm just like, oh, I can see very facial features there. I can see oh, the okay. eyes. No, the- I see it. I'm looking yeah. at this picture. <laughs> oh, I guess I started the spank bank early. I yeah. just... This, this feels like Amanda. a subconscious thing. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. this is a subconscious thing. Um, and I didn't realize he was Canadian, which makes the whole Dudley Do-Right thing make more sense now. Oh, Dudley Do-Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. His uncle won a, a Olympic gold medal. Really? Yeah. I was reading his uh, Wikipedia and his uncle is a gold medal winner for, let me see what it was, in the 19... 19- 52 Summer Olympics at the Olympic Trap. And he was the only Canadian to win a gold medal in that whole years of Olympics was his uncle. Yeah. I mean, he comes from good stock. Yeah. I didn't expect that. Um, But anyway, have you have you read much about this? The new movie that he's that's coming out, um, The Whale, which is the one that everyone's talking about. He got his big standing ovation for how many minutes was it? Six minutes. Yeah. Which, by the way, standing ovation. I want to point out because sort of separate topic, but f- insanely funny to me was that this was all happening at uh Cannes film festival. He got this big six minute standing ovation. Right. And that was like the first day or two of the festival. And then cut to uh, the, the um, uh, um, Olivia Wilde movie out. That's I told like- you the drama. <laughs> Yes, there's so much drama about that movie, but and and quite literally manufactured. They were like, well, that got a 10 minute standing ovation. It's like, well, now that now that they're doing these like elaborate standing ovations and they did it to Brendan Fraser, it's like, well, now you have to have a longer standing ovation. You're going to hear like, oh, there was a 30 minute standing ovation. At that point, uh, just sit down and keep clapping. <laughs> My answer. Just an ovation. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, I loved how they tried to outdo Brendan Fraser's standing ovation. Just let the man have his moments. Yes. Um, and but, um, he cries and he does his little aw shucks kick at the yeah. ground. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I prefer that the last time we got like a Brendan Fraser in the audience meme was when he was at one of the award ceremonies. Ironically enough, might have been the Golden Globes, which is the one that's run by the Hollywood Foreign Press. Where he like <laughs> clapped and clapped his hands and snapped his fingers and pointed all at the same time. If you remember that one. Yeah. Um. So we went from that and then like fast forward and then it's like him, you know, all shucks, you know, tearing up as everyone stand, gives him a standing ovation. This dude literally doesn't have the confidence in himself to be like, I'm a good actor. No, and he he's puts like his the all most humble it. human. Yeah, yeah. I just I love it. He makes you want to give him a hug. Yeah. Like you just I just want to hug him. I just want to tell him yeah. you're loved. We love you. Yeah. But when the so the whale back to the whale yeah um in it he plays a he's like a recluse right yeah he's a recluse and he's I think like a six hundred pound man and uh, it's kind of the story about him and his daughter who's played by Sadie Sink from Stranger Things which is yeah. incredible she is just killing it right yeah. now and um, he's trying to reconnect with it with her because yeah. they're estranged because of his uh you know being a recluse and his obesity and he's struggling with it. And Darren Aronofsky said that it took him 10 years to make this movie because he was looking for the perfect lead. And then he saw the, 
Brazilian movie trailer and was like, oh, there it is. It's Brendan Fraser. And it's so true. I mean, I haven't seen the movie, so I don't. Obviously, I'm just going off of what I've heard, but just everything we've described about his character and who he is, like he just a very sweet man who's going through things who just again, you just want to love. And I assume that's going to be similar to the movie. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, too, is um, I I read a lot of the same things you did. um, And I one of the things I heard, too, is that Aaron uh, Darren Aronofsky uh, met with him for lunch in upstate New York, which I didn't realize this movie was filmed in Newburgh, New York, which is not that far from what? you either. That's yeah, 10 see, minutes from where I grew up. You could have you could have just drove over there and give Brendan Fraser a hug. No, on set. I can't handle that. Um, can't handle that. <laughs> Too much pressure. Um, but uh, they uh, apparently they had already done a lot of the movie. They had filmed a lot of the scenes and stuff and just was missing the the him in the movie, basically. Um, but you know, he lives upstate and Darren Aronofsky decided to meet with him and said, Oh my God, this is the guy like upon like having coffee with him at some coffee shop in upstate New York. So, um, I love that. That's be- I love that. Also, it's becoming like the little Hollywood outside of Hollywood. Right. Cause like we were on another episode of this, we talked about how, uh, severance was filmed relatively close to Newburgh there too. Like they're all like yeah. upstate New York, not that far from New York city. Like, you know, you get a lot of stuff up there. It's you know what I think it is too is it it's a lot of untouched land and yeah. there is not seasonally there's not a lot of people so you can get some really beautiful lovely downtowns with yeah. just the locals and there's no you know the tourists have gone yeah. they've gone back to your to your neck of the woods yeah um but this movie is coming out December 9th and so I'll be really excited to see that me too finally. we'll do another episode on that yeah, just we'll have to movie. do a separate episode just just alone on this specific Brendan Fraser movie. Um, but um, so you mentioned your favorite was what was your favorite? Your favorite was Encino Man. Encino right? Man is when I re- like I think Encino Man is just one of my favorite movies. It is just yeah. a feel good movie. Like I it puts you back into the way I felt sitting on my parents couch watching that on like a, you know, weekday night in the summertime. I was like, oh, this movie is awesome. And then it felt like a little adult to me, you know, because they were all like yeah. supposed to be teenagers, young 20s characters. And then uh, my favorite moment for Brendan Fraser, clearly George of the Jungle. <sighs> clearly. What? what was it about George of the Jungle? He was oiled up with long hair and shirtless. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Full disclosure. <laughs> I, I mean, you didn't hide it either. I, I give you credit for that. No, nope. it's just like, God, straight no. up like, no, this why is- would I? You know, just I can most I would say most uh, females or males that are attracted to Brendan Fraser will say that right around my age, I'm 35. They saw that it did something to him. <laughs> it happened. I said it before. It made it made it twitch. It twitched. It's uh, the quiver. The quiver. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but wait, I want to go through some of the movies one by one. So going back to Encino Man for a moment, um, I still to this day scream shush at people in the way um that the 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 bully dude in that movie does and no one ever gets the reference and it just sounds like i'm being an asshole um but i love that sean astin's in that movie too which no one a lot of people don't give enough credit for um and oh you know what? i just remembered another paulie shore movie from that era that i completely dismissed and is actually probably one of my more favorites than i gotta reorder these now i, I forgot about biodome oh bio are you kidding me 
Biodome's free mahi mahi. <laughs> free the mahi mahi. Um, I know it's not a Pauly Shore episode we're doing, but to re just for context for the record, it'll go. <sighs> I'm gonna think about this for a second. I feel like Biodome and uh, in the army now kind of tie it out, but I'll, I'll give it to Enc- I'll give it to Biodome. And then Encino Man, and then in the Army Now, and then Son-in-Law. Okay, see my Polly Shore list. Uh, Son-in-Law's first. Okay. Encino Man Biodome. Okay. Easily. We're- but I mean, I still say where it does not warrant it, where it has nothing to do with it. If I'm doing like a tiny little task. Yeah. Uh, perfect example at the distillery we were making hand sanitizer during the pandemic and we had to okay. put a filter a filter making on it and i was literally standing there i was like making a filter <laughs> making a filter and again no one got it and i was like well yeah i, can, I hate you all <laughs> one other thing from biodome i mean I, again we're not trying to go to a this isn't a paulie shore episode but worth mentioning in biodome do you know who one of the women scientists are in that which i never i didn't know until no. later uh it's kylie minogue like the singer <gasps> yes it is she's and she's redhead. so hot with her little accent yeah yeah well now we have to do a biodome episode remember the thing we were talking about before we hit record that should be the episode that we do wait what i don't I, I completely now you, you can say it our edibles loud. episode oh yeah should absolutely be biodome yes that's no brainer we need to stay we need tuned to a stoner movie stoned enjoying some yeah exactly yeah and it's gonna um, have to be biodome i think i mean biodome, is biodome a stoner flick though i mean it appeals to the stoner they're pretty burnt out the whole movie and the beginning of the movie I before guess. they get into the biodome yeah they're so high that's the <laughs> that's the whole point they're just so high yeah i guess i mean it's really funny the more i, I mean uh, there's All right, you guys tell of, us what stoner movie we should do. How about that? I mean, you the, the ones us. that stand out for me, uh, it, it, focusing on like the 80s or the 80s, 90s, 2000s stoner movies, you have like Dude, Where's My Car? You have Half-Baked. Because mm, like, I, I feel like in those movies, like there's, there. I guess maybe that's the difference between like a Pauly Shore movie is that you have to be stoned mm-hmm. to enjoy a Pauly Shore movie as an adult, but there's no illicit like pointing of like they're stoned that's fair they're because just i idiots. also feel like wasn't there were they not allowed to show it for a while right maybe that might be it too yeah i mean well i remember I mean, um in that 70s show when they were talking about having it made they yeah. said okay you can show the smoke and you can show that they're high but we can never physically see any paraphernalia or a joint yeah i mean i feel like that, that maybe. that's continued on i mean well you go back to like the seventies and like uh, or in like the early eighties, fast like, times uh, at Ridgemont High, and yeah, yeah. You can I mean, see it was still it. smoke, right? And you had mm-hmm. like uh, Cheech and Chong movies. I mean, I think they were flat out smoking giant blunts, but um, oh, great movies. Yeah. Anyway, Brendan Fraser. Back to, back. Back to okay. the thing um, at hand. So we hadn't seen a man. I'm trying to go run through the. We we could skip over like some. We uh, we talk about Airheads for a minute again too. He. he I, and I, I don't know. I got to give a lot of credit to like the makeup and the stylist in those movies because like turning Brendan Fraser, Steve Buscemi and Adam Sandler into rockers like Brendan Fraser and Steve Buscemi especially like disappear into 
the characters and um they are entirely different people from like you look at Brendan Fraser in that and with the long hair and everything he is a whole different human being than George of the Jungle or Encino Man oh yeah the long hair though yeah did it for me yeah but um I love I love the silliness of that movie too and you have um there's a bunch of there's a bunch of dudes in that movie uh from the world of comedy there's um one of the um adam sandler collaborators whose name i forget he's like in all the adam sandler movies uh he's in there too um chris farley's in airheads chris farley yeah he plays the cop yeah. which is great judd um, nelson's in there judd nelson um oh so is uh ironically enough because wait he funny enough now that i think about it there's a connection harold remus was also in director of bedazzled in a couple of years harold Ramos yeah. was in maybe that's uh alan covert was by the way the guy i was trying to think of he was the guy from grandma's boy um that's a stoner comedy he plays the police officer right yes the one who's yeah. like first yeah. on scene like dancing across madam sandler's pip um michael richards is stuck in the air vents the whole movie uh <laughs> that's great michael McKean. who's the guy from mtv um kurt loader kurt loader and yeah. there's a musician that's, I cannot, this is good. Lemmy. Yeah. Lemmy is God. Yeah. Lemmy's God and Rob Zombie's in it. Rob Zombie's in it. Yeah. There's a, oh, it, there it's, it's such a, um, it's a really good, uh, it, it, I don't know. It's one of those movies that like all over the place, like these like little bit parts and stuff. They got a lot of really good actors. Um, David Arquette's in it too. <laughs> That's killer. Now I need to re- yeah. I need to really rewatch it and yeah. focus. Ernie Hudson plays the the good cop. He's a good guy. Joe Mantegna uh, was great in that. Um. Anyway, such I don't know. It's it's really good. There's a lot of good folks in there. Um. And it's and and yeah. The the Brendan Fraser along with Adam Sandler and Steve Buscemi just like disappear into their characters. Brendan Fraser is just this tall, skinny, rocker dude who's just you know. Yeah, like leader of the group. Everyone's looking up to him and and as he's trying to make his uh um make his song make, make his demo break his band. Yeah. Which by the way, I, I read somewhere and I forget it and now it's gonna piss me off. Um that the song that they play in the movie was written by an actual music musician who's now I have to look it up. Um uh the film features an original song by White Zombie. Anyway. And then, you know, he does, he obviously kills the comedy thing, but then he does, like you said, Mrs. Winterborn, which is yeah. Shirley MacLaine and Ricky Lake, which is hilarious. Ricky Lake, baby. Man, that movie, that movie is definitely like a time capsule for the late 90s, isn't it? You are not kidding. Yeah. And it's based on a book, which I never read the book, but um, book's called I Married a Dead Man. But it's... <laughs> loosely based i guess yeah. uh that is that is a 90s film i mean once you say ricky lake yeah i i forgot ricky lake even tried to have a acting career yeah she was really good at makeovers she should have yeah. stuck with that the makeover show we're taking a break from her talk show the ricky lake show ricky lake show was that wait so was mrs winterborn before it had to be after or during yeah it was 96 her, her, okay yeah 96 so she was still doing her little talk show during that yep and then he um, did glory days as a cameo glory days? that was 96 as well and then the twilight okay. of the golds 
was 97. And then George of the Jungle, also 97. What was I going to say? Yeah, you have 97. I didn't realize how right in there with the late 90s he was. He was in that. Um, he was also in, I mean, Dudley Do-Right was 99. Um, the Mummy was 99. Blast from the Past was 99. Yeah. Gods and Monsters was 98. He was just cranking them out. That was like the year of, I didn't realize 99 was the year of Brendan Fraser. And then Bedazzled was the next, the following year was in 2000. That's great. Sinbad, Beyond the Veil of the Mist was 2000. Then yeah. Monkey Bone, I didn't. I I think I saw Monkey Bone. I'm not sure. Yeah, Monkey I'm Bone's guessing a myself. weird one. It's worth mentioning for a second. Again, it's one of those movies, just to throw out here, because again, there are so many people involved in this movie that I don't understand. I mean, so it's based on uh, it's based on like a cartoon or, or a comic, but essentially it's got, I mean, it's got Brendan Fraser, Bridget Fonda, Chris Kattan, Whoopi Goldberg, Rose McGowan, uh, John Totoro's in there. Um, uh, Gus Fring from Breaking Bad is in there too. Um, I mentioned Bridget Megan Fonda. Mullally. Megan Mullally. Um, Bob Odenkirk. Uh, <laughs> Bob, Bob Odenkirk is in there and so is, um, oh man, because he plays like a surgeon yeah, there's just a lot of like respectable comedic talent in this movie. And apparently it was uh produced by Chris Columbus as well. Oh, so that's awful. Yeah. Poor Chris. <laughs> but again, it it was one of those movies that like it was a major bomb at the box office. But I feel like does it have a cult following? Is it one of those movies that has a cult following? I don't know. Or no? I don't think so. Maybe we yeah. could resurrect it. Maybe. Just for the Renaissance, you know, for the Renaissance. Yeah. I mean, anything with him in it is worth a second look. You know, I'll go back and watch. Um, I'll, I'll happily go back and watch um, Looney Tunes back in action for Brendan Fraser. I will, too. Yeah. He was in Dickie Roberts. I did not realize that. Yeah, I didn't realize. I mean, you know, you'd have to see Plays himself. Roberts to- <laughs> Okay, that makes more sense. I feel yeah, like I appreciate that. Did not that. see Dickie Roberts. Full disclosure. Yeah, most 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 people didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he has a credit for GI Joe: Rise of the Cobra. Was he a major character in that? Did he actually? Not that I was remember. He a voice or something, or where? Where? Brendan Fraser it says he played Stone. I also didn't see uh, GI Joe movies, so I can't. I couldn't tell you. See, he's in The Air I Breathe, yeah. Journey to the Center of the Earth. And that's kind of where I think he starts to lose it <laughs> after that. <laughs> that's when they start to get a little rough. Yeah. And that's where he falls. I mean, that's where it kind of falls yeah. off. Um, he did some voice roles, though, too. I mean, that I'll, I'll give it to him there. Um, I mean, the, the important thing, too, and this is what I, I think where, you know, he was so prominent in all these blockbuster movies for such a long time. Right. Like from like the mid to late nineties to all the way through like the, or like, you know, like 2003, 2004. And then suddenly there's like a break. There's a few of the mummy movies here and there. And, but aside from that, then he starts trailing off. And then by like the 2010s, is where he doesn't fully disappear, right? He's doing a lot of like, he did like some directed DVD kind of movies and he did some, um, he a did a handful TV. Of, yeah, he did TV for a while. He, did, he had a handful of TV roles. 
he never really stopped working. I think he just disappeared from like the being like visibly up in front of us at all times and being a leading man. That's the part that I think shifted. And, but you know, where, and, and this is my little tangent about Brendan Fraser is I think while he disappeared from being someone who's up in front leading man, you know, on the marquee, I think the difference is he was always a really good actor. And that was the part that was like sort of missed. So I think now, even though he's not like leading man, he's not, you know, I mean, Tom Cruise is way older than him and like still, you know, running like mission impossible franchises and doing his own stunts and stuff. And and while maybe that's behind him, Brendan Frazier, but like him being like a amazing actor and pulling off these amazing roles. I'll, I'll take that. Absolutely. I agree. And it seems like the the movies that he has coming up. So we've mentioned The Whale and talked about that. I think that's really gotten the attention of most people for him. But he was supposed to be in Batgirl. I know that there's some issues with that release, but yeah. um, he's going to be in Killers of the Flower Moon, which is huge and is completely yeah. star studded. And then he's also going to be in this movie called Brothers, which I don't know if you've heard about that. That's going to no. be a comedy and um, it's it's going to be him, Josh Berlin, and Peter Dinklage with Glenn Close. <laughs> I mean, like, that's going to be okay. amazing. Yeah, I'll take that. I mean, that's the thing, too, is like if if he starts popping up again in those kind of roles and we start seeing a little bit more of um, if we start seeing a little bit more Brendan Fraser in, in roles that fit him. I don't think I don't think we need to see him running around breaking his body in like mummy sequels again. And on top of that too, like there is a, there is a point too of like the early two thousands action movies of like that bad CGI, like they don't necessarily hold up. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, no, I think I, you know what it is? I look, I think there's a handful of, I think there's a bunch of movies or that are, I don't I, I don't have no idea where that tangent was going. <laughs> My brain broke halfway through that thought. But uh, 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 yeah, I think everyone's just happy to see after everything that happened and there was this giant Me Too movement and then Brendan Fraser stands up and raises his hand and says, I was sexually assaulted. We saw that he kind of got he turned away from the industry because of that and like powerful dudes who just can, you know, blacklist him like that. It's great to see this. It's great to see like him. It's great. Yeah. I, I can't tell you how excited I am about Killers of the Flower Moon. Like, yeah. you know, I am one of the people in the world that love stories about murder and true crime, yeah. and I'm fascinated with it. And um, so that's based on a nonfiction book called Killers of the Flower Moon, yeah. uh, which I've read, which is well, so incredible. And it's yeah. about the Osage murders and the birth of the FBI. And so wow. he it's based on a true story, but the people in that movie, mm -hmm. I think it's just, uh, like you said, a testament to how good of an actor that he is because he's oh, yeah. Robert De Niro, Jesse Plemons, yeah. Brendan Fraser, Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. John this Lithgow's is going to be a Scorsese film. So yeah, it's going to be incredible. Yeah. And it's an Apple TV film with a giant budget, which is worth mentioning. $200 too. million. Dollars. Yeah. That's insane. That's but many dollars. But to your point, right? To be like to see, you know, DiCaprio, De Niro, Frazier, like that's that's a pretty good. I, I appreciate the fact that he's showing up in these things. And me I too. Hope, 
And it's very clear. It, I mean, based on everything we've seen and heard from uh, the whale and his interviews and, and everything he's done ever since, it's clear that he is passionate about acting and really wants to be a great actor and does have the talent. And so the fact that we're getting, he's sort of getting a second chance at not just, you know, like not having to do direct to DVD movies, but like he's getting a second chance to do these kind of things in star studded roles is like getting what he's, I think we can look at and be like, Oh no, this guy deserves it. He's got the talent. Yeah. You know, he was turned away when he shouldn't have been and all those things. People forget, right? Like you go back to the nineties um, <laughs> for better or for worse. Um, John Travolta was literally written off as like, Oh, he was that dude from welcome back Cotter. And then he showed up in uh, Pulp Fiction and where Tarantino gave him a shot and then slayed, suddenly slayed the show. Yeah. And then and then here we go. Like the renaissance of his career. I remember like talking and he's back in the 90s. But I remember people talking about the renaissance of, you know, like John Travolta's career getting like a second chance. Um, and so, I mean, it's very different circumstances. But if we see like a resurgence of. Brendan Fraser getting some more leading roles and getting to like really complex stretch his roles leg. too, like really yeah. complex roles so far. Um, I think the most exciting part for me is while I joke about how much I loved him, yeah. he, like you said, is a, a great actor. And so I'm excited to see maybe the second half of his acting career and this, you know, the second half of the Renaissance is going to be him really getting to show his acting chops and play these yeah. beautifully complex characters and I mean, it's insane how the whole world came together yeah. and is like, we are so happy that this is happening to him. He's the best. It's like yeah. everybody universally, oh, yeah. like I said before, wants to give him a hug. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the things that he uh, he was a standout, uh, he was sort of standout for and he only was in count him three episodes. But worth noting, people still talk about his um guest role on scrubs from the early 2000s did you ever watch oh, that yeah he's yeah. you know he's in he's in a few episodes right i i had to look it up and i counted it's literally three episodes but it was Shut so up. impactful yeah exactly that's the thing it's like <laughs> so impactful and it's so stand out of like you think of scrubs you're like oh yeah remember all those episodes with him it was like nope just three episodes no um, way yeah which for those that don't know he plays a character who's dying and in the in that role, like ends up like he was really big into taking um photographs, right? Like with his uh yeah, um with his uh, camera, um which um yeah um <laughs> he he uses a Polaroid camera and takes pictures and uh, anyway it it has connection to the rest of the series as well. But what's actually funny is um two things. Number one. He is a, an actual amateur photographer, right? Who's really into photography. And so um, he ended up like you in the episode, he was using like a Polaroid camera and got a lot of like, they dedicated a book about instant cameras to him, like crazy stuff. Um, he is, he's also like an amateur archer, right? We, we mentioned how he like owns horses. This dude has a lot going on for him and, you know, has been kind of pulled down by like pushing himself so hard in movies that he literally quite literally broke his knees. Broke his Yeah, broke it his broke his caps. body. Did you um, know that he was turned down for Dazed and Confused? He was originally considered for which in Dazed and Confused. 
I'm not sure. I'm I'm assuming, you know, one of the many stoners. But I can't believe he was turned down. But I, you know, Vince Vaughn was also considered, also turned down. Yeah. But uh, I remember reading an article early on that he was turned down for Days and Confused. They approached him yeah. about it and then obviously went into another direction. But I could totally see him in that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean... That's the thing is, I mean, he it, clearly he's done sort of like stoner-ish. Although now that I think about it, I don't think any of the roles he, he's he's played around stoners, right? Because like in Encino Man, he wasn't a stoner. He was just quite literally uh, he was from the Stone Age. He was from um, the Stone Age. Um, I, was that like a was that like something from the trailer too? Like he's from the Stone Age. They're just <laughs> stoned, you know. Um, uh. But uh, yeah, I mean, the dude is like. He's a good dude. I gotta give I gotta give him credit. Like, again, there's <laughs> there's not a lot bad about him that anyone has ever said. Um, but like, even reading some like reading up on this uh, too, and I know you did a lot more research than even I did. But like, the fact that like he was unable to meet some like child support payments because he wasn't getting work was like is a little like that's painful especially where this guy came from and like um how massive he was yeah like the late 90s early 2000s like he was the it boy yeah that's so crazy to me yeah but anyway everyone loves everyone loves him and and i'm I'm excited for the i'm excited for the um killers of the flower moon as well where does the title come from do you know You're, you're you're into this i feel like you would know so um it's based in oklahoma and um the whole I mean I can't tell you it's gonna give a lot away oh okay you, know, right. you haven't watched or read it yet all right but, so I'm, um, I'm not allowed to know think murder okay you know my favorite but uh yeah I would give stuff away okay I won't ask anymore can't give it away don't the birth of the FBI the Osage murders that's where it comes from okay I'll take it I'll take it this was fun I looked I love talking about this uh, was fun I'm very I'm looking forward I'm team renaissance I'm looking forward to seeing what else he does and kills it in. And we will come back and obviously definitely talk about the whale, talk about Killers of the Flower Moon. We'll, yeah. we'll talk about it all. I was also looking it up too. Um, you mentioned he was in Now and Then. Uh, that was uncredited. He was also in Brain Candy, the um, Kids in the Hall movie. Apparently also uncredited there too, which I didn't realize. But well, I thought that was kind of funny. Um, I that's don't, awesome. I know. He... I, it's really funny. There's there is definitely a threads of um, because because uh, the the one random movie that I can't stop talking about for whatever reason was Monkey Bone. Um, <laughs> in Monkey Bone is um, one of the guys from Kids in the Hall, and um, and yeah, then there was like a connection to Kids in the Hall, so he was like in their movie in the early the mid nineties, I guess. So I feel like I have to watch it now. Yeah. I'm going to watch it, and uh, maybe by the next time we record, I'll just tell you if my brain was melted or not. Yeah. Anyway, this is fun. It's always fun. fun. Always fun. All right. See you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.